from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Here we go! Third hour. Big and Wild Outdoors, Braden Glenn in the studio along with Aaron. Uh, Aaron George. And, the, and the donuts. She's still... She's the wagon still, wheel. She's still battling the uh, the donut over there. She'll be eating that thing all next week. Bill George is up in Pennsylvania, and Jonathan is uh, still out with the wife and kids, recuperating from their uh, adventures at the Cattlemen's something or other they went to this past week. I know he went up there straight out out of the Panfish Challenge. He's like, man, I got to load home, get home, get out, load up, and get out of there. Wife is already loading up stuff, putting suitcases in, and we're out of here. So it was a quick turnaround for him. Uh, we didn't get to do our traditional end of the tournament, all get together, go up to Catfish Johnny's. And I did. Fill our bellies up and uh, walk out of there. Now I really need a nap. You expect me to drive all the way back to St. Pete right now? You know, speaking of catfish, Johnny's, if you're looking for a road trip to go get something to eat from the Tampa area, head north, <laughs> north, it's right, I mean, at less than, right at an hour, hour and like five minutes. Yeah. Uh, you could be sitting like Panda Vista Lodge at a historical location. This guy, uh, Johnny himself, uh, I got the privilege to sit down at his table that's reserved and uh, be his guest, uh, myself and Bill George, actually. And, uh, man, what a what a colorful guy as far as his stories that he's oh, lived yeah. uh, you know a veteran of our country served very well uh some of the stuff that he briefly shared um when i asked him a uh, friend of david g uh was our former sheriff mm-hmm. uh, just the guy is uh and every country in- artist i think who's ever drawn <laughs> down 75 has stopped in there yes, to uh to get their picture taken with him it's like well he played he played with bob and not knowing this he played on the uso tour after he served in vietnam bob hope yeah he, he came back after his tours i think he said he'd done two and uh when he got out he teamed up with bob hope and uh st- did the tour with him and uh and then he tells me he actually got to meet Walt Disney himself. And mm-hmm. So, I mean, the guy, oh, my oh, gosh, what some stories. I told him a long uh, time ago when I, I saw him again at the Panfish Challenge, I was like, what's up, Rockstar? He's like, when are you going to come eat? And I was like, I'll try to get up there tonight, man, if I can. And Well, you uh, had your family and uh, everybody coming in from Texas as well that yeah. shared the weekend. And uh, But the food is phenomenal. Uh, I told him whenever I sat down, he goes, what do you want? What do you want? And I said, man, I want. Uh, I wanted to come last night because it was all you can eat, uh, catfish strips, and which is my favorite. And uh, he said, not a problem. <laughs> when they when they yeah. took my order, he says, double it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I just I I love hearing his stories about uh, you know I mean the days. Uh, I mean all the old country stars, uh, Loretta Lynn, Johnny Paycheck, uh, Johnny Cash, all those guys. Man, they would literally when they got to that exit or got close. They'll they tell were, us all of them. It was uh, they were like, "Turn, you got to turn right, turn right. We got to go down to Catfish Johnny, the big old tour bus. Park out there and go in and eat, shake hands, kiss babies, and uh, hang out for a couple hours, then hit the road again. It was a stop. Bill George has to if he's within a five mile radius of Catfish Johnny's. 
he has to go in and get the corn fritters for his wife. Yeah, to take back home. To take back home. Yeah. He, you know, he does it literally. That's not an exaggeration. No, it's not. So, I mean, he, if he's within the area, he will stop, get an order, and keep them warm and get them all the way back home to his wife. But coming up in October, uh, it kicks back off. If you're really into some uh, uh, steel guitar and and just a good good time, I mean, the Florida Steel is what they call, they're called. Uh, but they go up there every week. Uh, like on a Tuesday night or so, and they set up and just play different kind of music, and uh, they have a band. It's just a really a great time and a good experience for those that just want to go out and do something different. Check it out. That's Catfish Johnny's. It's a good good sponsor place. of the Panfish Tournament as well. Yeah, appreciate all their support. And it's good food, and it's a good time. Yes, and I is. think it's so funny. I know there's another restaurant in town. I can't think of the name of it, but you drive by and I feel so sorry for him because there's like 200 cars in front of Catfish Johnny's and there's like two in front of the other one. It's like, well, whenever you see a, a restaurant like that, what's the first thing you think? Must not be that good. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, whatever, but it's not much to choose from in that town. Seriously. I mean, you know, it's it's like the song "Don't Blink." If you're going 60 miles an hour, you go, "Hey, you want to stop it?" Wait, wasn't there a town we just went through? <laughs> Pretty much. I can't remember. I don't know. Uh, July 1st is coming up. I say call up Panda Vista Lodge. That way, you can uh, stay right there. If you don't feel like cooking, run up the road, go to Catfish Johnny's, have yourself some food, and uh, have a good time. And the kids will thank you for it because it is a good time had by all. Uh, if you're going to be out gag, uh, grouper fishing, if you're going to go out there and do it, you got a little time left. If you're going to be off the coast of Franklin, Wakulla, Jefferson, and Taylor counties, uh, July 1st, last day, June 30th. So you got, uh, a little time left. Uh, this area will reopen September 1st and go all the way through December 31st. I know a lot of people have been out there, uh, fishing up gags, getting out there, catching some grouper these days. So just make sure you know, although I know. My neighbors, everybody I know is all getting ready, uh, scallop season. Everybody wants to get up stein hatchy, get up there and start catching some of them swimming clams, man. Get up there and fill the freezers and, um, fill up them buckets and freeze them up and get them in there. Hopefully sustain their, their hoard for a year. Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> the amount that I see people get now, uh, Ginger did tell me that she'd be interested in going on a, another scallop excursion info was to provide and produce a pontoon boat she wants to have the extra room and stability mm-hmm. and uh you know when i went I don't out blame her i uh, went up the home assassin we went out in uh, in that john boat with all the big boats zooming by and the rocking and rolling that we were doing she was like you know this is crazy <laughs> i need a bigger boat it, you know uh, a guy somebody posted a picture of a uh Steinhatch and all the boats and everybody that were there because it, it gets inundated and all i could do is just go you know i remember when that was just a nice little quiet sleepy town out in the middle of nowhere and nowadays certain times of the year when it comes to scallop season it just it just gets crazy up there it really does it's turning into the boca grand of of scallop, scallop hunting up there i mean boats everywhere people everywhere bodies in the water kids swimming everywhere Turns into a giant big party for a lot of people. Now, you know, I got a neighbor down the street, Tom, who goes every single year with his family and friends, and they get a big old boat, big pontoon boat. They go up there, rent uh, a place up there, I think, and uh, they go up there, and they, they, they're up there. They're serious. They're not up there for the recreational aspect of it. They're up there to get scallops so that they have them for the entire year till the next year because he loves them, and he loves to eat them. So you got to do what you got to do. 
Yeah, and then that's when you see all the shuckers up there making a little extra. Those kids are smart. <laughs> yeah, those I'll clean kids, them for you. Yeah, those kids, they're, they're that smart. They, you know, you get the uh, the shop back and the, do the shop back trick, and all of a sudden, done. You get them done in about 10 minutes. There you go, you're done. What? It's taking me half a day to do that. you how much for that? <laughs> <laughs> Making money, man. That's what you got to do. Kids are smart. Uh, you ready for gator season? Are you going to be ready and uh, all that kind of good stuff? Yep, looking forward to it. You know, <laughs> Courtney asked me the other day, she said, what are we going to do? You know, I said, you know, I hadn't even thought about it. And after I got awarded the uh, permit, I don't know if it's the location that I got awarded or what, but I have had like very minimum thought about uh, going gator hunting, getting involved this year. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just, the, again, the location or if it's just I have everything I need so I know when it's time to go, we're just going to go. But uh, I'm ready. I got all my stuff. Um, for my birthday, Bill George really loaded me up with all kind of gear. Uh, so I don't have to worry about going and getting anything. I just It's ready. Are you already ready, ready? Yes, I'm ready. I got a boatload of folks that want to come because of the location again. Uh, so it's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to have a good time. Well, I know that uh, I know that people are starting to get a little more antsy because the the uh, traffic to come in and get their last minute supplies are uh, increasing every day when it comes to uh, out of G five. I know I had a gentleman that drove all the way over from St. Petersburg, and he literally loaded up on everything. Because usually he went with somebody every year, and uh, he supplied all the stuff. And this is a year he got a tag, and that guy's not going anymore. We're not going this year. So it was just him and his brother. So he had to come over and get the bang stick, had to get the hooks, had to get the rope, had to get the buoys, had to get the harpoon, had to get the darts, had to get all that stuff. And uh, he's like, man... This is awesome that you got a place like this where you can just go in and get everything you need and then be ready to go and go do it. And had a guy came in last night. He's coming back today. He's going to get one of the the uh, 44 mag bang sticks. He wants one of the uh, the original O-ring styles, you know. Yeah. He's like, man, I can't find one of these things. I can't believe you got them. He goes, I just thought I'd swing in here after work. He goes, I don't have my wallet. I don't have anything with me, so I'm going to come back tomorrow and get it. I'm just driving around without my license. No big deal. Don't have my wallet. No. Yeah, it's no big deal. So he's going to come get it, get it ready. He's like, because I've got, got a good spot picked this year. So everybody's all getting excited, and except for Glenn, who doesn't seem to be uh, excited. I know it. I'm just chilling. After all these years of not getting a tag. It might be kind of like the, the elk kind of a lifetime kind of thing. The location we're at going, uh, this might be the year that I say, I'm done gator hunting after this triumphant challenge of just trying to get this particular permit. I'm sorry, did you not get chosen for Tenor Rock? That's what I'm saying. This was like the the place of all places. When I mention the fact to anybody who's a gator hunter, I go, yeah, my buddy Glenn, he got his this year. He got it up in Tenor Rock. They all go, are you kidding me? How did he get that? I'd, oh, man, I'd love to get that place. You would. It's almost like the holy grail of of. Uh, That's what I'm saying. Maybe this will be the year that I hang up my bang stick. Put up my harpoons. It better be a 13-footer to make you do that. Yeah, Seriously. I'm, I'm shooting for it. <laughs> right, we'll see. All right, we're going to take a real quick break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be back. The spirit of the woods is like an old good friend. 
Because I would too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, welcome back to Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden's talking about an issue off the air. Uh, well, it's been it's been sent to me twice. Uh, you know, they're like, "Hey, can you talk about want this you to on do the show?" I, I don't. I guess just, make people more aware of it. I don't know, but how I many saw, horse riders do we have that are listeners of this show? We have a lot, dude. Oh, okay. you, you wouldn't believe how many equine people are are still in Pinellas County. As a matter of fact, I mean, uh, I'm still shocked at the amount of horses that are still in Pinellas County, but. Uh, uh, this young lady, I know it's one of her concerns. I know that uh, I don't know, Aaron. Have you ever heard of this? You know the people who ride the horses down there by the by the skyway. They go out in the water and and all that stuff. You ever you ever seen them out there? I know they they yeah. bring them out there, and they do a lot of stuff with uh, kids with disabilities and things like that. It's a little easier ride. The horses enjoy it. It's cooler, and if you know a kid falls off, you know it's not you know not hitting the ground or anything like that. Well, now of course the uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Regional Planning Council, I guess they do something, uh, you know, where they can build new condos or something. But uh, they're asking the uh, Pinellas County commissioners in the Florida DEP, the Department of Environmental Protection, to ban the recreational horseback riding in the waters of Tampa Bay. It's just north of the Skyway Bridge. And uh, a lot of people are saying they're really concerned or these people are saying they're concerned because of the uh, the damage to the seagrass and, of course, the additional nitrogen in the water lo- due to the waste that horses leave behind. And I pointed out during the break. and Chewed up grass. It's chewed up grass. It's the same thing that, I don't know, uh, 6,000 boats that go across the flats chew up every day and, and dislodge it from the ground. So it's transplant. I don't know if uh, the chewed up grass and oats are actually going to... Uh, add to anything it's really. not hurting anybody well being out there. that we know of i mean it could be years from now we all might get some kind of a hoofalitis or something i don't know <laughs> I, I, I don't think if hoofalitis comes around uh maybe I, mean, I just look at it as bringing um like horseback riding to more city children you know who don't wouldn't normally get a chance you know mm. so Right, I don't know. I, I don't. But just you got to figure if there's a thousand people on the beach, how many of them are running to the restroom? Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, there's there on a fishing boat. <laughs> there, uh, somebody pointed out on uh, one of the stories that she sent to me. You know, uh, a gentleman pointed. I said, dude, the, the kite surfers out there do more damage than the horses do. They're leaving trash behind. They drive well, that could out be on anybody. Beach, it just they, doesn't necessarily mean a kite surfer. It could be uh, anybody that goes and participates on the beach for the day. Left their bottle there. I don't know how many cans I picked up or broken bottles. So it ain't just. It's it's everybody. It's anybody. Uh, well, anybody that's any over group, there, any person, anybody that steps foot on a beach from anywhere is going to impact it somehow. Uh, you know, just it doesn't crushing matter. poor little snail with your big foot. <laughs> I mean. Uh, you know, I, I saw a news report where they were actually calling for volunteers to come and watch the blackback skinners, you know, and they're nesting and, uh, you know, so that you can keep people away. I guess they want people to sit out all day and just go back away, back away from the birds, back, back away from the birds. But, you know, this right here, I see those people. They've been doing it for years down there. And uh, all of a sudden now it's a problem. And I don't understand that because. If anything, I would rather have horses out there swimming around than uh, some of the activities that I see out there <laughs> happening in the water. Uh, you know, it's no big deal. Well, as you pointed out, the comments that are being made there's there's some there's some legitimate comments, some valid issues that need to be addressed. And I mean, when you have just 
sewage getting dumped out in there? What's the? I mean, what's a horse? Well, that was that. I was mean, for the, the, what they're using them and doing it and trying to uh, give kids an opportunity to enjoy something that they normally wouldn't be able to experience uh, for just a small. I mean, every every little impact uh, is an issue, but until you can get bigger pictures taken care of. Right. I worry about that. Well, you know, it's uh, the vast majority of people that are commenting on it, or that's the first thing they say is, well, well once the mayor stops dumping uh, two point something million gallons of sewage into our bay every time it rains or we have a storm, then we'll have to worry about the horses. OK, Let, let's fix that problem first before we start worrying about that. And then one guy, uh, Rob, who actually <clears throat> did some Homework, obviously, because he said, if you check this guy out, Sean Sullivan, he's an infrastructure guy from New England. How about he get an education on our bay and not worry about runoff and overflow before he starts attacking the natural order? You know, it's another one of those things where they go, uh, well, you know, them Yankees, they come down here and they tell us how it's supposed to be because it used to be like this at home. And remember when we used to walk around and go, we don't care how you do it back home? Yeah. I mean, they used to sell T-shirts to tourists. It says, we don't care how you used to do it back home. I know. They fell in love with it so much they moved here, and now they want to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's so funny because even uh, uh, comments now coming in over our phones are saying the same things. (laughs) Let's worry about the sewage being dumped out there before we worry about the horses that are out there actually doing some good for disabled kids and, and stuff like that. So. Uh, so there you go. Donna, I did you a favor. I talked about it on the show, and we'll see what happens. I, I don't know why they don't have a petition or something like that, uh, getting out there and getting the story out there. But I guess it's just one of those things that happens behind the back and behind the scenes. And the next thing you know, hey, I wonder whatever happened to those horses that used to ride down here. Well, you got to remember, some of the fights that are out there, you got to pick and choose your battles. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I don't see anybody just banning it. Well, you don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe if you get those, and then we just stop all beach traffic altogether. No bicycles, no footprints, no little tiki tents, no little umbrellas and chairs. <laughs> we just drive by down the road and look out there and say, one time before, we used to sit there, kids. We used to be able to go out there and uh, <laughs> swim in that water, but not no more. They won't let us do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I guess Barbara Streisand must have moved in and made it all private, so now you can't go out there anymore. You just never know what the future holds. I guess not. Uh, speaking of future holds, are we broadcasting from anywhere? What's coming up soon? We got the Big Buck uh, dealio coming up this year in July, don't we? Yes, don't we? we have the Field and Stream uh, Outdoor Life Expo July. I know that's 20-something in July. I'm not sure exact date. Uh, I did send an email back to them. Uh, we will be doing the broadcast there that particular morning. Yay! Uh, I know you got the ICAST coming up that you'll be participating in. Oh, and I'm of course- just going to go visit. I'm going to go and uh, peruse around. I'm telling you, dude, you could probably hook on to the star and let's just go. You can come with us. Yeah, I might do that. Um, I was looking Tuesday. at doing the uh, application to get the process started so I can go out and check out the Bull Bay Rods. That's going to be presented on ICAST. Those are in, secret. Uh, they're supposed to be presented. Oh, I let the secret out at the beginning of the show if you didn't hear that. They're supposed to, they're supposed <laughs> to announce it at ICAST. They will. They will. But, again, that new freshwater series line is coming out. And, uh, of course, the gator, the bull gator rod that's going to be coming out. So 
Kelly's probably saying, what Shut bull gator rod? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, Kelly, we're working on it here in the studio. We'll let you know all about the finished plans when we're done. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have some gator wrap around it. Uh, we're going to have to talk about uh, a gator rod. His son's probably pulling out his hair right now. No, no, no. more new stuff. No, yeah. <laughs> what, is it going to have cork on it? I hope it doesn't have cork on it. Yeah. We're already in the planning stages of it. I have scoots for the grip handle. You Dude, know. that'd be awesome. That'd probably hurt <laughs> if you think about it. Talk about some grip, though, man. Yeah, you ain't going to slip loose. No. Without taking some hide. No. That'd be awesome, man. The, the, the bull bay, bull gator rod. Yeah. And I did tell the... Patent uh, pending. Patent pending. That's right. I did tell the uh, my eye doctor this past week there in Plant City about... He was telling me they were going to do the fly fishing out in Wyoming and uh it's a fly-in for 250 dollars per person let me uh let me just ask you 250 yeah. wait dollars for the day yeah a that's half a day of fishing. that's not air fare. no they fly in 250 dollars cover everything wait a minute i gotta get there so i gotta yeah, fly you gotta, I gotta yeah, pay. Okay. you gotta get there but once you're there uh the guy 250 off, bucks to go fish person. in wyoming with airfare i'm quitting my job <laughs> not the commercial airfare <laughs> The private airfare, once you get to where you're going. But he's, uh, he normally goes to Utah, but he said the cabin was already rented. Where are they going in Wyoming? Uh, he told North me, Platte? Yeah, he told me they'll be fishing, I believe it was the Snake River. Oh, okay. And uh, but Oh, so they're on the we- western side there. of uh, Wyoming. Yeah. They're on the other side of the Medicine Bow Mountains. You know what makes it nice is his wife is the one that really drags him along, but he enjoys the fly fishing side. And uh, he, he just bought him a... A rod to get ready to go. What are they fishing for? What is out there? Trout. Snook? Yeah, he told me just a trout. And he was Stingrays? Going, he said what? the fish that he catches is bait fish here in Florida. Oh, I you know, bet. <laughs> you know. Is but, it uh, like brook trout, rainbow trout? What is I didn't I mean? get into okay. the details, but that's what they're going for. Well, I've never and, caught one, so I wouldn't know the difference between <laughs> I did tell him about uh, if he starts fly fishing here locally, that he needs to look at the Bull Bay Fly, fly Rod Series. Yeah, but he's going to get quite a shock because if he's used to catching little six-inch uh, trout out there in Wyoming going, woohoo! there's a trophy there. And he hooks yeah. into about a 42-inch snook on a fly. It's going to be a little different Well, experience. I know that he's, he's done his homework, and he knows exactly what he says because he's uh, got a four-weight rod for the uh, trout fishing. That, uh, four-weight? Yeah. Just light. You don't need a heavy. You don't need a six, seven, eight. Four-weight? Oh, that's for catching pinfish and greenbacks here in Florida. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, I'm just saying. If oh you want to go and if you're an outdoors person, you get your eyes checked. You want to go to Dr. Gaffney. What weight tippet is he using out there? Two pound? Two pound fluorocarbon? That's excessive. Are you? No. <laughs> I'm using thread that I'm That's buy a, a challenge. <laughs> Catching it on thread from uh, Nancy's uh, hook Look and loop. Look at this pull of red. Do you want red tippet line or yeah. do you want yellow? I'd like the chartreuse. That'll work. That'll How much do you want? Uh, about five feet would be good. Yeah. And when the spool's empty, we'll use this spool for a float. Man, if you could get away with that, what is there, like 200 yards of thread on that spool? That'd be There's awesome. a lot. I don't know. All right, we got to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay with us. We'll be back. on the pricey side but they're you they're think out that there that? oh hi welcome back everybody it's the big and wild outdoors Braden and uh, glenn in the studio we're discussing flies because uh not not the kind that uh, monica was just talking about but uh flies for fishing and i i told him i noticed a guy uh on uh 
on the river there, uh, right across from the Panda Vista Lodge, going down. I was watching him very intently because he was fly fishing. I wanted to see how well he was doing. I didn't see him pull up anything. And I said, did you ever go up there and do it? And he's like, yeah, man, I fished that whole river two and a half miles. Yeah, I went all uh, the way from Panda Vista down to uh, the Wick Lacoochee where it ties in and uh, paddled down that thing in my John boat sculling and fly fishing. And then I paddled about probably halfway back, almost uh, within eyesight of the park launch area. Against the tide. Against, against the, the current. River, yeah. But when you when you paddle against the current, it actually slows you down. Of course, sculling the John boat, doing my fishing the way I do it anyway, it's, it's just above. Uh, you know, weight fishing is really uh, ideal for that. But in Florida, with mm. all the environments that you may encounter, yeah. John boats really produces a better way. Yeah. So, you know, I do that, and uh, but I did uh, very successful at that. And, of course, you was asking about the fly. And, well, uh, I was which asking one I was which using. one you were using because uh, – I- I tell you, it's one. I don't know if it's what they call a confidence bait or anything, but I don't know anything that doesn't work better, at least for all around, than the one that has the bumblebee pattern on it. I mean, I don't know why fish love that so much, but the only other one that I knew worked was I had a little, uh, look like a black skimmer. You know, like those water skimmer looking things? Yeah, but you know what? But it had legs on it, like right. uh, little spider legs that went out on the side. Yeah. And dude, they used to tear that thing to shreds. I've I've tried just about every every one that you see in this screen that Betts offers and uh you know, Betts is kind of one of the ones that's still out. Arcardo used to be a go to fly, uh, but I don't even I can't even find a, uh, the, that particular fly anymore through Arcardo, but it's like uh, Maverick Bates, I can't find them anywhere. They were great. And uh, and it's about the you know, demand. So I don't know how many people are actually fly fishing anymore. I knew uh, growing up, that was always a big family thing. There was three or four of our families would, we'd spend a lot of hours and weekends down on Kissimmee river in Lorita and fishing in this Topoga and, uh, Arbuckle Creek, uh, doing a lot of fly fishing. So, um, but the bumblebee, as you pointed out, was your good, uh, that's my uncle. Uh, that was his go-to. That was Anytime you picked up uh, his fly rod or he was there, that was what was tied to the end of his tip. It was the uh, the bumblebee. Uh, but if you use, if you grab my dad's fly rod, it was always the chartreuse. Uh, you grab my uncle Heidi's, it was always the white. Uh, <laughs> if you looked at mine, I was using whatever anybody else was catching. <laughs> what are you uh, getting that on? <laughs> Change it out uh, real quick. Uh, you know, I had the tackle box back when I started. I had the tackle box full of flies that didn't seem to work everybody would give them to me well i've tried this or whatever the case is but i sure, had a, I had a bundle one? of everything with some of them had to yeah of course i got the ones where the paint was already flaking and starting to crack where it was beat up so much so uh so i got the chance to try on a, a lot of different flies uh, growing up and my favorites is the chartreuse as well as the white the bumblebee i really never fished much with it but wow uh, my uncle ray and of course what you mentioned uh, that was that's his favorite you'll I find think that all around, time and I time again it worked on everything and the only other one i said like the the little water walker looking thing uh seemed to to be really well too but one that was that, kind of the brim getter as what well, brim getter but yeah. the, if i wanted i think the one that actually worked where you could catch crappie bass and brim with it Yellow. that worked no, was the little tiny, uh, it was painted like a frog. You know, it was green, but it had the little dots painted on it. You know, like yeah. it was a like a leopard frog with a mm-hmm. white mouth on it. It was like a mini popper. And you'd throw that sucker out there and just strip it. It would just make a little, weep, 
like a baby frog going across there. Yeah. Shoot. Now, if you really want to catch well, a bam. to me, the what produced the speckled perch strike on my fly would it was always a yellow fly. If you put a yellow fly Not in, a silver it seemed, one. No, the yellow just seemed to really uh, produce more strike uh, catch on a force. Yellow where I fished, and for my experience, I'm not saying that. So was, it was a sinker. No, it's a floater. Uh, you know, specs they they bite surface as well. Sure. So, uh, but all uh, you know that uh, the chartreuse worked good in, in the white, but the yellow seemed to be more uh, prevalent for getting on the uh, speckle perch. But I haven't picked up my fly rod in probably eight years. Well, fly fishing is going to be a big thing. I, I want to get back into it. You know what? Uh, I can tell you, last time I used it. I just remembered. At my house. Panfish Challenge, the very first, the, the original me and you panfish four challenge. Four years ago, five, yeah, four Six years ago. Six years ago. So it was well, before five. we even did the panfish challenge. No, that was the uh, second one. The the first one that we actually did, if you recall, we were doing that. It was a spam deal. Yeah, and, me and uh, you. Been, I used my fly then, rod like a cane pole. And then I the villages in Sumter County uh, Commission, they all teamed up with us to promote Lake Penasofke. So it was uh, that yeah. was a... A wide span, but yeah, you you was going to use that, but that's uh, last so now time I, I know that it. you didn't catch him on spam. It was on the fly rod. Oh yeah, right. So the truth is <laughs> out. You cheated. I had two witnesses, bro. <laughs> they were sitting right there on the pontoon boat with me. Mister Jim was right there with his lovely wife. So don't even think it. So you was a uh, so you was getting a guide service from Jim. No, McCullough. no, no, no. I went to. I can tell you yeah. exactly where I went. Now it's, your truth is coming out. Whatever. I still caught him. So it doesn't. Matter. I still caught him. <laughs> Uh, but I, you know what? I may have to pick it up because I know my son is like uh, gone head over heels, uh, uh, you know, crazy for fishing this summer, which I think is a great thing. Uh, he's doing his little uh, bicycle hikes around here and uh, hitting some of the canals and things. And of course, he caught his first tarpon before even his uncle did. So he rubs it in his face all the time. Oh, good for him. I've seen that. And um, the fly selection, have y'all got those in at G5 at all? Nope. Nothing flies. No flies. Do y'all carry any fly rod? Nope. No flies. So I guess you wouldn't carry any flies then. No, probably not. <laughs> well. Aaron's out. Uh, why don't you push that button up there on the top? Let's see who that is. Just for just for giggles. Hi, welcome to the Big and Wild Outdoors. Who's this? Hello. 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 Did All you right, put him on hold? Wait, down no, no. Are you there, sir? Ma'am? Sir? Ma'am? Hello? <laughs> I guess it didn't work. What are you doing? Are you, you're picking up the phone actually on the phone. <laughs> oh, now he's in panic mode. Now he's just pushing buttons work. everywhere. You got to answer it first. Uh, That's what it is. See? Yeah, you messed it all up. Put okay. it on hold. Okay. Call back. 888 There you go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Then I'll, we'll run in the next room and answer it and do it that way. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron had to step out of the studio for a minute, so I don't know what. Now, see that one there I wouldn't use, but the other one I would. Yeah. That's got too much black on it. Oh, wait, now they're calling. Oh, wait, here she's coming. Here, wait, wait. It's working now. Let's just wait. And see but yes, uh, again, uh, if you've never experienced uh, fly fishing, you want to take it up, I would encourage everyone to do so because th- it's like saltwater fishing. When you fly a rod, uh, you get out there, you got opportunity to catch catfish. I've caught soft shell turtle, catfish on the, on the fly. Soft shell uh, turtle? Yes, I've actually caught soft shell turtle over on uh, Hoorah Creek. What tippet did you have on that one? 30-pound uh, Dacron? What no, it was eight-pound test. Eight-pound test. Yeah. yeah, sure. All right, let's go to the phones. No, you got to put – there you go. It's been a while. Yes, just a few minutes. Hey, Jim. Hey, can you hear me now? Yes, yes sir. Yes, we can hear you. All right, guys. I just want to say that Braden is correct. I was there when he was using that fly rod. 
I got the vacuum on this one. Oh, so it wasn't spammed. <laughs> it yep, wasn't spammed. He caught them fish. And, and it was, well, he was catching them on the flies on that. But then we switched over and went to fishing with the spam. But I tell you what, that whole trip, it was spamtastic. Yeah, it was spam. I didn't put a fly yep. on there at all. I never used a fly. I thought you had a fly on there. Well, no, wait a minute. I just, no, no, we're going to have to rewind the tape. I, had, I, had I think I heard. I had two witnesses on there. I did. And they know what I caught them fish on. It yeah. was spam. And now the witness has just called and said fly rod. Oh, I had the fly uh, rod, but I had a little gold hook on yeah, there. That's I all know I he used. was using that fly rod, and yeah. I am not familiar with fly fishing. I have never tried it. Yeah. So, and Jim was it, busy driving the boat. It like a blast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we had a ball, man, and that was that was a lot of fun, and I totally support that. I uh, hate that I missed this last one, but I was working. Oh, man. So we got to do what you got to do. I know. But I just wanted to give you guys a shout and let you know that I was kind of listening off and on today because, you know, work calls. All right, well, that's great. Well, we hope to see you again soon, man. Uh, we we're sorry that you and the wife and the grandkids didn't make it up to the uh, Panfish Challenge, but you know what? Hopefully they'll be next year. Oh, we're going to give it a shot. Yeah, well, I, well, we're all ready to go. Unless the rapture happens, we'll be there. You got it, brother. <laughs> Y'all have a great day. See you, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, you're welcome. Try to throw me under the bus, man. <laughs> the truth is out. And no, there we go. Not. What? Uh, Cousin Dave just sent a text. You didn't leave him a message. So I did leave a message. He got robot calls. Maybe that's what it was. It was Braden the robot. No, I'm not a robot. I'm like, hi, it's Braden Gunn from the Big and Wild Outdoors. How robotic is that? It's not <laughs> well, very robotic. Well, you know what? I'll 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 call him back by because the guy really wants to go catch a big giant marlin. We'll call him now. Call him. Will you call him now? We will. Call him. Call him right now. How long do we have? I don't know. How much time we got, Aaron? She got ten, ten seconds. Ten, ten seconds, seconds for break. We'll call him during the break. Oh, okay. I thought you said 10 minutes. So I was like, dude, we got plenty of time. We are Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by G5 Feed what and Outdoors. Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. And welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. Man, this third hour is almost over, but before it gets really completed, we got to go to the phones to my good cousin, Dave Farrell. Good morning, Dave. David! How's it How's it going, boys? Your good cousin. Yeah, not the, good the, cousin. Not you know the why bad cousins. Good? The you good know why he's cousin. good? Because he never invites me to go fishing. Well, that's oh, Lord. probably smart <laughs> smart on your part, Dave, because otherwise he'd be out there uh, out fishing and then, uh, you know. Yeah, he I really put me down. Well, that about him. Well, that, that, you know, that's true. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where, you know, cousins talk smack all the time, especially when they're on a boat. <laughs> uh, you know, I ain't seen him in quite a, well, a little while well, in person. Well, you come up here tomorrow, then. We'll go tomorrow. How about that? How about that? Where's that up? Good. Where's up there? Where are you at? We'll go to Toho. We'll go fish. I live in Orlando. Toho. So, dude, why don't you do that's it halfway? Well, it's a little over halfway for me. Just it's halfway little, for him. No, that's just around the corner. Oh, Dave. Well, reason we were calling you uh, yesterday was because I got this little frantic phone call from uh, my good buddy here next to us, Dave, uh, Braden. That'd be me. Because uh, hey. someone came into G Five Feeding Outdoors and was looking for a marlin fishing uh, charter somewhere down in keys miami area so that's what the call was about yesterday just trying to see if you had a recommendation a favorite uh captain or something like that that you could suggest to him and that was why that was what the call was and that's why the call is this morning uh anything you can offer up ray rocher ray rocher on the miss Miss brit now is that uh down in the keys or is that out of miami that's out of miami okay and and, uh, what's it called again miss brit 
M I S S B R I T T. Correct. Ray Rocher. Okay. And he's excellent. He's a good. He can do anything. He's a good bluefin tuna fisherman. He's a good grouper fisherman. He's won a thousand sailfish tournaments. I mean, he can do anything. I, I was down there with him one time uh, in a, for a big pen pen international. Uh, a uh, little group, group get-together thing that they do during the boat shows sometimes. And he went out and caught a blue marlin in Miami on that day, on trying to trying to deep drop for a swordfish and end up catching a blue marlin on the way down. Wow. Well, I, well that's know, that kind of yeah. look that some people have. He's, he's exactly. He's that kind of guy. Well, he's, customer, the guy who, he's the guy who guided me to that turkey. Oh, really? Oh, that's yeah. nice. Well, that, yeah. he, he, so he can do it all. It's an all around kind of game. He is. He is a well, renaissance man. Well, I know that uh, we had a customer who came in, and they, they saw the giant blue marlin up on the wall that uh, Bill's wife had caught and had mounted and put it up there. And the guy mm-hmm. was like, I want one of those. Where do I go to catch one of those? I want to catch one. He says, I'm going to be in the Keys next week. And I was like, uh, I don't know. It's not the best place. That's not the best place. You need to go, like, yeah. out of Miami, uh, you know, where the drop-off, the Gulf Stream is, and all that kind of good stuff. You yeah, know? that's not the best place either. If you really want to catch a blue marlin in Florida, you either got to go to Jacksonville and go out there and fish way off, you know, 60-something miles, or you need to go to Pensacola, Destin area, and fish out to the nipple and whatnot. You can really? catch a – yeah, you can probably catch a blue marlin a lot quicker in either one of those two places than you can in South Florida. I don't know why, but South Florida, if you if you go all the way across and fish in the Bahama waters and off Bimini and Chubb right now, there's blue marlins there, but you're you're fishing in the Bahamas. Yeah, well, I, you know, I, I don't know if the gentleman wants to do all that kind of stuff, but I, I, right. you know, I, I know that, you know, for a guy who started the, uh, you know, basically the Marlin University or whatever that thing is yeah. called, I mean, seriously, uh, you'd be the guy who we would call on that deal. Uh, if, you're, I, if you're really serious about catching a blue marlin right now, then you need to go to Costa Rica and go on one of those fad trips. Yeah, that's with, uh, this time of that's, year? That's it. Yeah, uh, and now's say, the time. Are you saying it's because it's summer and the water's warmer and they stay in the more tropics? No, it's, just, it's just when the boys stop fishing for sailfish. There's not as many sailfish around. Oh. So, they, so they go offshore and try to catch those blue marlins. And there's a ton of them out there. You can get 30 bites in a three-day trip, which is unreal. You usually get a lot more than that. That's I think we got 38 bites in three days and caught 26 or something, wow. 26 blue marlins. Which, how, you know, how, big are, how big are they, do you think? When you're, when you're uh, between one and 500 pounds. 500 pounds. What do you yeah, think that three. one on the wall weighs? Seriously. Yeah, I don't Is that know. a 500-pounder? I, 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 I wouldn't be able to. I don't remember seeing it. I know I've seen it, but I don't that thing's really like study over, it. That thing is like 10 feet long. How long would a 10-foot marlin be? Big, big, big blue marlin. Well, you know, it, they're, they're all different, man. You know, I'm the same height as uh, – as uh, Tony Dorsett, but our bodies are a lot different. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one plays football, one is a fisherman, so come on. I mean, it's a little, it's a little different. It's, One's a dinner roll and the other guy's hard as a rock. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know. And fish are different. You know, a, a 10-foot marlin can differ probably 100, 100 pounds from one to the next, you know. But they, have the same they, length, just not yeah, girth. Yeah. Correct, oh, okay. correct. I got you. Well, Dave, how's this show going? It's going real good. It's uh, we just had our big kids show, which is probably airing to this morning. Actually, uh, the uh, 
we have one year, one show a year where we have, I think we had 150 kids in the, sh- in the studio the other night. Wow. wow. And what's the, yeah. new, what's the title of the show now? Because I know it changed uh, sponsorship. So what's it now? Now it's just the uh, Florida Insider Fishing Report. Oh, okay. But are you still yep. doing the Texas Insider Fishing Report? Yes, sir. Oh, well, yeah, we so do that on Tuesday nights. Well, so you're doing both. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not just one name. It's two different shows and two different names. Correct. I would have never thought in my wildest dreams that going up towards Pensacola would have been a place to go catch marlin. I would have never thought. Well, of that you know, it's 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 not ideal, but there's those. If you can get out to the to the nip, there's a place there where the continental shelf dips in really close to to Destin, and it's called the Nipple. Mm-hmm. And then there's other, and there are some rigs. You know, you can go further out and get out there where you're fishing the same rigs of those boys in Louisiana fish, right? And that's a really great place to go catch a blue marlin. Um, Louisiana in the summertime is probably the most underrated blue marlin fishery in the world, I think. Really? Yeah, you can go there because all those guys are out there catching tunas, little tunas around the rigs during the summertime. And I was there a couple years ago in August, and every little tuna that I caught and threw overboard, a blue marlin ate. <laughs> no every one. I caught, I caught five blue marlins in four days. And jumped one off that was 600 pounds, I know. It was, wow. He was huge. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the old Jacques Cousteau shows or whatever, but whenever I see those deep-sea, uh, you know, spear-nosed fish, I always think of the oceans. I don't think of the Gulf. I always think of, you know, mm-hmm. the Atlantic or the Pacific or, you know, they got to be in big, deep blue waters, you know? I, well, and, it's, it's big and deep and blue, that Gulf of Mexico, when you're – 40 miles, 60 miles, 80 miles offshore. Well, it depends it's on where you are. It's the prettiest water you've ever seen. Yeah, well, I mean, it depends on where you are. Because when you're raised in, around on the west coast of Florida and you think of big blue water, it's in a pool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, you got to go 120 miles where you live. Yeah, you got to you got to go about 200 miles to hit 200 yeah. feet. So the difference between yeah. me and Dave Doe when we would go out uh, half a half a uh, 100 yards offshore and 100 miles offshore is the amount of Dramamine it's going to take. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> you have to drink two quarts of it, and he only has to take uh, none? Is yeah, he the, just, he, his, it's, uh, the water his, his, just flows through his veins. All right. But, Dave, uh, I got another question. I don't go at night, you know, the only time I've ever been seasick was at night. Oh, and once was in Louisiana because the boys were feeding me something called turkey cheese all night. <laughs> What is that? That don't even sound. I have good. no idea. I've never heard of turkey cheese in my life. What is <laughs> and you that? I had neither, but it was like a turkey potted meat on a cracker. And uh, uh, okay. at about midnight, I'm out there sitting on the flybridge in the pitch dark, and I was going. I didn't throw up, but I dang sure was close. Yeah, you can't see well, the horizon. I don't know if it was the uh, yeah. I don't know if it was the water or the turkey cheese. Yeah, oh, probably the combination of the two then, Dave. But before mm. we get out of here, because we're about to wrap up on our show, uh, do you uh-huh. still have your fly rod? I do. I do. Well, maybe that's what we'll plan. We'll go Ooh, fly fishing. That'd be a good one. Okay. I'll do that. I'm not good at it. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Then I might have a chance. Uh, okay. you <laughs> yeah, you bring that marlin rod. I'm going yeah. to bring a Yeah, yeah we'll show you, cuz. Now, wait. Before you get out of here, let me get this real quick. It's the Miss Brit, and it was Ray, Captain Ray what? Rocher. Rocher. R-O-S-H-E-R. Okay. And Uncle Bruce will be he's coming a, in from California. Really Uncle Bruce will be yeah. coming in from California, Dave. I might throw a, a, really? a, a fish fry together sometime here in July. You'd be interested? Okay. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I know, I know so your mom's sure been. Make sure it ain't on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. That's right. Well, it'd be on the weekend, but I know your mom's been okay. wanting me to fry some fish and invite her down, so this might be an opportunity to do so, and we'll all get together and tell some stories. Sounds, there you go. Sounds good. Well, well, Dave, thank you for your time, buddy. All right. All right. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. You got the best cousins. I know it sometimes. Really help us out. We are Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this weekend. Tune in next weekend. It'll be Braden Gunn and myself and possibly John. I don't we know. We are Big and Wild, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford, thank you, Miss Aaron. We'll see you all. There you go.